very special episode of Hammering Down. I'm your host, Taylor Hodges. And yeah, like I said, this is a very special episode. This is going to be my State of the Legion episode. I want to do these periodically from from time to time. Um, as I'm recording this, it is about 5 o'clock in the morning. I have classes 7 and I need to get this done. Um, so <laughs> this is this is what's going on. So the way this is going to work is I asked some questions on the old Twitter and on the Reddit. If you're not following me on Twitter, please go ahead and do so, at Kaylor Hodges. I'll probably blow up your timeline. I'll be dead honest with you. I tweet a lot, so if you don't like that, I don't blame you, but I post a lot of content there. But um, basically, I asked uh, Legion fans, non-Legion fans, casual fans, die-hard fans. I said, what are just some questions you want to talk about with the Legion? And so the first one that I want to discuss, because this is one that I got brought up a few times, and I got a few DMs as well. Um, but this is a message from at USL Tactics, uh, John Morsey, which we've had on the epi- uh, episodes before. So, hey, go listen to those. John does amazing. Um, he says, how serious of a title threat is this team? And who's the most important member of the center back core? Um, this is a really interesting question. I'm going to answer the first part first, and then the second uh, option, um, and sorry, the second question is I'm going to tie in with a question I got from Reddit, which I cannot find the name of the person who asked this question right now. But basically, it's going to be a formations and tactics talk at the same time. But first, let's talk about what is the ceiling for this team? I think realistically... Um, the ceiling for this team is, I would say, a realistic ceiling. I would say Eastern Conference Finals, but I could realistically see us in the USL Finals, and there's enough talent on the team that on our day, we could be winners, but obviously that's the goal. And I think we have the talent to do so, but we haven't seen that talent really fire yet. I think realistic ceiling, I would say Eastern Conference Finals, but, you know, we could see where we go from there on any given day, you know. Um, And the next part of this question, the reason I started off with this one, because I could do a little twofer, but it was the second part asking who was the most influential member of this backline core. And I've said this many times, I think that we have the best back line in the USL. And here is kind of interesting. I think you have two options on who is the most influential. And I think it comes down to which uh, tactic we're playing. And this is where I'm getting into tactic talk. I think obviously you can go with El Capitano, uh, Mr. Fanwell Cavita. Um, he is both influential Uh, as a player, but also as a human, as he is our captain, at least for most matches. Um, You know, that's easy, at least to me. And I think he is most influential when playing in a four-man back line whenever we go to our 4-2, or yeah, 4-2-3-1, or 4-3-3, whatever arrangement you want to take of that. Uh, Fanwell is... Not slow, but he's definitely not as quick as Alex, so he's going to be more grounded to the back line, and he will in the four in a 
four-man back line. He's just going to kind of stay back, and he's going to be your bone-crushing guy in the back, if you will. Uh, yeah, in a four-man back line, he really is the the lead dog there. But in a three-man back line, to me, I think it's going to be Alice Cronalli. Um, main reason being is he does take on that libero role, which is what makes the three-man back line very unique. And this is why I'm a big, big proponent of this uh, back line, of the three-man back line. Especially, 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 especially with, um, the, with our injury problems, which we're getting to later. Um, having as much depth as we do in center back right now, I think playing a three-man back line just makes more sense, but I'll get to that in a minute. Because Alex is going to be playing essentially a little bit higher up, it's kind of funny because the libero is, he is going to be the person who is pushing up farthest up the pitch. He's going to carry the ball up and then distribute the ball to the wingers or to a central midfielder. He is, in a way, kind of a defensive midfielder, but not quite getting that far up, if that makes sense. But he's also going to be your last man back. His main goal on defense is to sprint back and be the last man there. So as opposed to uh, someone like Fanwell or let's say Benefemu or uh, Thomas Van Conziel or whomever, Jake Roof, whomever we throw back there, um, their goal is going to be to man mark somebody. They are going to try to lock that human down. They are going to man mark from there. While Alex or whomever the libero is, who typically in the run of play is going to be Alex Cronalli, he his main goal is just to sprint back as fast as he can and be that last line of defense before the goalkeeper. I think that in that situation, Alex is the more uh, influential player. Especially, you could also say uh, in the offense, Alex is more of a threat. Mainly, not because... Fanwell is bad by any means. Of course, that's not it. But because Alex, he, whenever he was younger, obviously he was a striker back when he was much smaller, um, which is weird to think about a small Alex Cronalli. But, you know, he does still have that dribbling ability, and he's a big old dude, so he can just get his noggin on something like we saw the other day. Um, you know, obviously it didn't work out in the end, but, you know, that goal was very, very important for us. So, yeah, I think it's either Fanwell or Alex. Um, but I'm going to segue that right into my formation talk. And I saw a lot of people say, like, I want to hear people discuss um, this three-man versus four-man. And as we are especially going through this injury crisis with the team, which, you know, somebody asked about Bruno. Um, as far as I know, is still a sports hernia. He said that he was going to be back soon, and I don't know when soon is. I didn't ask that specifics, but if the way I understand, it's going to be before or at the very start of the playoffs, which massive good. It's basically like picking someone up on a free transfer. I mean, he is just going to be a massive addition for this team. But, you know, Bruno's hurt. Uh, Daigo is hurt. Uh, Marcos Ugarte, last time I saw, was hurt. Uh, Zach Caravo, uh, I believe, picked up a slight knock. Not a big one. Not like hurt, hurt, but 
Yeah. Um, then, uh, you know, Junior Fleming's out on international duty. Very happy for him. Those are guys who are hurt. And if you are keeping tally, all those folks, except for one being Junior, that is our midfield. The place that we said, hey, this is our strength. We are really strong in our midfield. Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't have any players there <laughs> anymore. All of our strength is in our center backs. So what do you do? I say when you have, when you are, uh, if I'm doing my math right here, when you are four deep now because, um, oh, I forgot one. Uh, Jackson Robel, he is off to college now, so that is another midfielder we do not have access to. Um, but when you're four deep with Jake, with Fanwell, with Ben, and with Alex, you don't really sub a center back often. That doesn't happen much. So using a three-man back line allows you to have another midfielder on the pitch that if you need to make a change, you can do so. So just purely speaking, let's throw tactics out the window. Let's just talk about man management. And if you throw a back line back there of Fanwell, Alex, and Ben, A, that has been one of our, if not the most successful lineup we've had this year, and the fact that we aren't using it is ridiculous. I digress. You have those guys, and so now you have the option. You you can sit Jake Roof on you know on the bench, and you can bring him in as a right back or as a center back if need be. You have the choice of making a defensive midfield or something of the sort of Zach Hervo and Thomas Van Kinsel. You could throw those guys in the midfield, or specifically the way I see it is you have Van Kinsel possibly on the bench. And if someone gets hurt, like if you need to take Anderson out like you did the other day, which I don't think you need to come out, but that's beside the point, you know, he can fill in for Anderson beautifully. He can fill in for a center back beautifully. You know what? If you want to put him somewhere else, if you want to even just, hey, go sub in for Propsper. Go put him anywhere. Thomas Van Kinsel has that ability. You are allowing more rotation in the midfield by using our depth and center back. Um, another reason why I really like the idea of this formation is that it. I feel like going to the four-man back line, it immediately makes us a more defensive team. And part of what made us a great defensive team is that we utilized our offense. At the very least, most of the time in a three-man back line, you'll have five people back at once. That is going to be your wing backs, which are generally uh, Johnny Dean and Ryan James. And you have them drop back to create a five-man back line to join the three center backs. Awesome. But in a four-man back line, you often will have seven, especially the way we play our 4-3-3, you'll have seven guys drop back. You'll have... Johnny Dean, you'll have Fanwell, you'll have Alex, and you'll have Ryan James. Then you'll have Anderson drop back. You'll have Van Conceal drop back. You'll have Prosper drop back. Those are that creates a seven man back line essentially. Sometimes JJ and you know whatever assortment a seven a seven man back line. And what does that do? That just leaves. Uh, let me do some quick math. Three people you can get the ball to to start the offensive break. 
and with a team as fast as the Legion, because that's one of the things we don't talk about much, is we are fast. We are a quick team. It really hinders us. But there are some strengths that if we do want to go ultra-defensive and try to, you know, hunker down, that could be useful against a team possibly like Phoenix Rising. But in the USL Going fully defensive is not a great idea, as we saw, case in point, against 901 FC. Uh, moving on to the next question is, you know, does this team have the mental toughness to... This comes from Mark, by the way. Um, does the team have the mental toughness to hold on down the stretch um, and enter the postseason as a real contender? Yeah, that's a question, isn't it? Because last year, and they even mentioned this, uh, Saturday looked like a regression to 2020's late season collapse. And it's hard to not see that. Um, I think this year there is better team chemistry, which is what uh, Matt the Bearded um, asked on Twitter as well. It's like, team chemistry is a championship worthy. Um, You know, I... It's kind of tough because I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. But everything I've heard from the team, I mean, I'll text a few of the guys um, just in my free time, just being like, hey, how you doing? You know, how's, how are the boys feeling? You know, and often it's just like, hey, we're doing great. This last match was tough or, you know, we're still buzzing from this win. But every person I've texted from the team always seems so even keel. And it's... Not the fact that they don't care that they lost. It doesn't demoralize them like it may feel to us as fans. Um, I haven't texted anybody after the 9-1 match. I feel like everybody needed a little bit of space from that. But I think this team is a little bit more mentally tough than last year. And it's funny because we really didn't lose anybody from last year. We lost a few people. But we are essentially the same team as we were last year. But I think... The collapse from last year has calloused us in a way, and I think that's only a good thing for us. Um, and something else Matt the Bearded asked, which I kind of combined Mark's and Matt's question. Um, who shouldn't be on the team even if we love them? You know, there really isn't anybody on this team that I don't think doesn't have a role. Um, guys like... I'm just going to throw out names right now that these are guys that I still think have a place on the team. I want to make that very, very clear, abundantly clear. Guys like Mikey Lopez started basically every single match for us back in 2019. And it was great. And Mikey was probably our best player. I don't think there's any question about that. Now, you know, he's maybe not getting as much play time or, you know, he's playing different roles. That said... That's only a good thing because we have depth now. He was playing every single match last year and the year before because he was having to jump into the back line, which he can do wonderfully, but that's not his job, you know? Um, so guys like Mikey are not going to get as much play time, and that worries me because I'm afraid that we'll lose him because of something like that, but I still think he has a role. I mean, heck, we are re seeing the resurgence of Prosper Kasim right now. The man is fully on form, and I think it's because he's not trying to push goals. I don't think he's trying to force the goals. He's just doing the he's doing the business when he has to. I think right now, if you're looking at the team, 
and you're saying who is who's uh how do I say this is like who is our most unnecessary players I don't think we have any I think every player on this team has a different role. I mean, Jake Roof doesn't get a lot of play time, but I still think he is a more than capable center back. But he can also come in as a right back and allow Johnny Dean to go up and play winger. We have a lot of flexibility with this team, and I think if you remove any of these pieces, you really start to see you know, how influential they are, even guys who don't get all the playing time in the world. So... I, I don't know. I think right now the, the squad is, is is in a good place. Next question on here comes from Ash Gray, which if you go to the Birmingham Legion subreddit, uh, dude or gal, I don't know which one it is, uh, posted some sick, sick fan art that I think deserves a ton of love. Go check that out. Um, it's like they asked if I think it would be cool to learn some of their off-day hobbies are. Uh, see uh, what they were uh, taking to the city, like favorite food spots. Um, I didn't ask anybody specifically, but here's what I've kind of taken um, from this. Um, what I have taken from all my interviews and whatnot. Uh, so guys like Ben. Ben is kind of low-key... Uh, pursuing a music career which i think is really really cool a lot of the guys are still in college um anderson just finished up his degree i think there's a few other guys who are um who are getting their degree right now so when they're not on the training ground they are doing their classes online you know they're doing more work than i am easily um other people um Alex Cronali is was big into the crypto world and takes care of his massive dogs, which if you see a picture of them, I mean, Alex makes them look like normal-sized dogs, but they're absolutely not. Um, guys like uh, Bruno, he told me that he loved to cook in his free time, which I think is really interesting. I'm sure with the Brazilian food, I mean, ugh, I, I can only imagine how it tastes. I bet it's awesome. Uh, you know, those are the kind of things that kind of happen. I don't know what they do in, I guess, to see the town, although that is something I would love to hear. Um, I would love just to find out what they do and, like, go explore the city. That might be something I ask very soon. I might have a follow-up with that at some point. Next question is... So this one is uh, just a little bit interesting. Um conversation is what's the financial situation so i haven't asked the club specifically but here's some of the research that i've done to kind of figure that out so obviously there's a lot of money that goes into running a club i don't know if we're running in the red or if we're running in the green but you can assume like most businesses if we're just speaking purely business wise most new businesses will run in the red for about two years that said, we have billionaire owners, so that helps. Um, to kind of give you an idea of what it takes to join the ML, or MLS, wow, USL, uh, according to an article by Forbes who talked to um, that guy from Memphis, Mr. Tim Howard, and Landon Donovan, uh, they said from two, in 2015 it was a $5 million process to join in. 
by 2020, it was a 10 or sorry, 12 million dollars to join the USL. So if we're just judging by inflation there, I'm going to assume that back in 2018, we were sitting, it was probably going to be around, let's call it nine to $10 million to join the league. That is quite the investment. And for billionaires, <laughs> um, you know, that's not bad. They, I mean, it's, that's a, when I say that's not bad, I mean, they're invested. That is a lot of money to dump into something and not try to get your return back. So I think we're stable for now. That said, diminishing attendances, that being due to rain, due to storms, due to football, due to whatever, it's not great. Um, I ran the math on it, and if we sold tickets, you know, we sold over 10,000 tickets or 8,000 tickets. I'm sorry. I just whacked the mess out of my table. Um, 8,000 tickets, and we sold it for even less than we sell our tickets for now, which are fairly cheap. It would be more financially beneficial for us to sell 3,000 tickets at normal price than 8,000 tickets at a reduced price. So it's a hard balance, but I also believe that I am under the, I have the belief personally that ticket sales are not going to be what sells or makes you money. It's always going to be food. It's going to be merchandise. It's going to be other things. So I say get as many people through that door and try to boost up those merch sales, especially since, I mean, the Legion's crest is so beautiful. If I see anything with that crest on it, I'm buying it. My wallet absolutely, you know, hates me for that. So, I mean, I would say that as of now, not asking the owners, it'd be an interesting question to ask them, but I would assume that our finances are stable, but the team really needs to pick up some growth and attendance for us to become long a real longevity within the city of Birmingham. I'm not afraid of the team moving, but... I mean, you even saw with uh, Reno a couple years ago, an insanely successful club, lots of success on and off the pitch, and they just closed up shop you know, because they wanted to move somewhere else. That's the state of the USL. So it's kind of hard to, I guess, ask, or kind of hard to answer without knowing the specifics, but I assume we're in a safe spot. So this last question before I kind of go off on a personal monologue here, well, I guess I've been doing that this whole time, but anyway... It was, who are some players that you would sign? And I decided to take a different approach to this, okay? Um, you know, usually we try to find some upcoming talent in college ranks, which I'm not as in tune to college right now. I haven't started real deal scouting yet. I I think the best signings we can make are get more guys from the academy you know, guys like Jaden Cervania, like Jackson Rovell, and more and more, et cetera, et cetera. Getting those guys into the squad, giving them some first-team minutes, I think that's the best way to build longevity within the Legion, um, especially since those guys are going to college, and then they can start talking to their college friends, saying, hey, come to these open tryouts and see what the Legion are building. It's legit. Let's move away from that, though. 
I have a few. I have a couple guys that I thought would be really good fits for the Legion. Now, I decided to take a different approach to this. I went to the EFL League One, uh, English Football League, League One, which is pretty comparable to the Birmingham Legion. Now, I started looking at teams in this who are close to the bottom or in the relegation zone of League One. Reason being, those teams are more likely to sell their players. And those players are going to try to play at as high of a level as possible for as long as possible. So, um, the first player I want to bring up is Kyle Dempsey. He is English, um, as I'm sure you could guess. He is their number eight. He is a central midfielder who has the ability to play a cam role, a right midfielder role, um, or a, a central defensive mid. Uh, he is just a solid player. I've watched him play a few times now. You know, he gets a few assists here and there. He's a really accurate passer for, you know, the level of which they play and what Legion play. Uh, he is a chance creator like crazy. Watching him for uh, Gillingham, Gillingham. Is it Gillingham? I think it is. Or maybe it's Gillingham. Whatever. Anyway, um, just solid player. Last year, I mean, bagged eight goals, four assists, you know. He created chances like mad. He, yeah, I mean, it was it was basically watching a more defensive version of Bruno. Uh, I would say that Kyle Dempsey is kind of the, he would be the perfect version of Bruno Anderson prototype, a little bit aggressive, uh, more defensively minded, but can still absolutely dime a ball if needed. Uh, Kyle Dempsey is also 25, so maybe he'd be more likely to make a move uh, to a team in the U.S. Because why? Because probably getting close to the end of his career in the EFL, especially if they get relegated. Maybe not. You know, he still probably has a little while, but maybe not too, too long. Another player is Matthew O'Reilly. And this one's extremely unlikely. This is more unlikely than the other. He is a 20-year-old uh, guy, which, oh, that's wild. I'm talking about people younger than me. Um, he is a six foot two central midfielder. I really like these guys. I would also like to say that I picked these guys specifically off of play style and the formations and the tactics and with tax tactics that they play. Um, both teams come from a either a three man backline or a five man backline, and very very similar tactics to what the Legion currently play. So he is a six foot two central midfielder. Um, he creates a little some chances. He has several key passes. I mean, he leads the team, I'm pretty sure, in chances created. And he plays for MK Dons. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a fine player. And this year, he has really started uh, blossoming. He was a Fulham lad, um, but now he moved to free to MK Dons, who they are currently fighting relegation. So, you know, could they could they sell him on? 
possibly it gets them a little bit of money. That's that MK Dons is fighting relegation. That's not true. They are currently sitting at ninth. I don't know why I said that. I I don't know what else. I think I was thinking of Doncaster. Anyway, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to sell him on, but this is the kind of player that I'm looking for is a chance creator in the midfield. I specifically like that he's six foot two. Why? Because I just like the idea of our of the Legion just being the tallest group in the USL. I think that's just fun. Um also think that even though he wears a number seven, I think he could be a tall number ten, kinda like how I set for JJ. I think that would be a really interesting thing to see two big guys playing off of each other. I think that could be really, really fun. Uh yeah, he's an accurate passer. He is an okay dribbler. But the main thing that I the main point that I think is most important here with a guy like Matthew O'Reilly or Kyle Dempsey is that they are they are guys who play similar styles to the Legion in League One. And that's a comparable uh area, I guess. Or that's a comparable league. And they fit the mold that Legion are missing. So right now, I'm just thinking about the players that are hurt right now, obviously. But I think having some more dynamite defensive, maybe some defensive-minded midfielders or some that can slot up kind of like Bruno, I think having more Brunos on the team would obviously help. But those are two guys that I did some research on, looked them up, watched some film. I think those would be really good fits for the Legion. Uh, just in general, yeah, we need some more midfielders right now. Obviously, not much we can do about that at this point as the transfer window is now shut closed. But stuff like that, I mean, something, uh, some players like that. If you see some guys in college who fit that role, uh, creative, uh, just uh, can really command a midfield, is not afraid to put in a bit of a tackle, you know, I think that there is a lot of opportunity within those players. I think if we can keep Nico and Junior and JJ around, I think the hardest ones to keep around right now are going to be uh, Nico and Junior. I think those are the guys we have to worry about leaving this next year. I think we have JJ for another year for sure. Um, so if an MLS team wants to pay for him, you know, happy for you, JJ. Um, but I don't think we'll sell him on to another USL team. Same for Jaden Cervania. Uh, keep him around, let him play for a while. Uh, I don't see him making a move right now, um, but if we do sell him, I'm sure it would make us a pretty penny. But yeah, I think maybe shoring up, getting some more striker depth is always good. Um, getting some more depth in the uh, midfield is always great. Right now, I think we are under threat of possibly losing a guy like Jake Roof, who, you know, we would love to have a little bit extra depth in the center back position, uh, if that were to be the case. But if not, it's no big deal. There was one guy on trial, I never knew his name, but he looked just like Zlatan. And I thought he could have been a, a nifty little center back for us. But who knows why he was cut. It could have been a personality thing. It could have been just, you know... He wasn't doing it in the training ground, but either way, it was uh, it was fun. It was a 
there's a lot of players out there, a lot of guys who are trying to break into the scene. Probably some guys down in USL League One that we can probably call up. I haven't looked uh, in that area yet. I haven't done big scouting there yet, but believe you me, I'll probably be doing that soon. But yeah, thank you guys for sending in the questions. I did get a question about Seven Bridges Road. Um, uh, yeah, I'm glad we don't play that anymore. I do wish we had a... Um, I wish we had a song that was ours. But, you know, that's alright. I really enjoy that Keep Ride On is starting to catch on i think it's great it builds uh, a lot of camaraderie between the blues fans and us oh i also got a question about the blues i forgot to mention that hey shout out to troy Dini going home you know i really love that for blues fans i think that is great for them and it makes them an even more watchable team because this team obviously has talent they put five against luton Luton, I do believe it was Luton. Um, so they obviously have offensive talent, but getting a guy like Troy Dini, I mean, the Legion maybe could have used him. He might have been all right for us, but, you know, happy for the Blues fans, obviously. So it was it was great. Um, I'm really, really happy with the additions the Blues have made. It's a, it's a really fun, really fun team that they have over there. I think that for the Blues, I think, because somebody did ask about their ceiling as well, I think their ceiling is realistically fighting for promotion spot. Uh, not spot, but uh, promotion playoffs. I think if they finished up in, I don't know, say 7th, I wouldn't be entirely shocked, but I think I would say, yeah, that was about as good as they were going to do. And like I said before, on any given day, who knows what happens. But overall, uh, it's, a, it's a solid squad. I think that uh, Craig Gardner just needs to grow on it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know when the friendly is coming. I hope it's going to happen. COVID hopefully clears up or, you know, people get their uh, stabbing or at least just wear the mask or something uh, of the sort. I really, you know, hope that does come to fruition because I'm telling you, if it's in England, I don't know if I'll be able to afford it. I probably won't. There's a good chance I couldn't afford that trip over to England. But if I could, I'd be there. But if they come to Birmingham, Alabama, you better bet I'm going to be there no matter what. But thank you for sending in the questions. I would love to start doing stuff like this much, much more often Uh just to hear what the pulse of the fans are because while I am a fan sometimes it's easy for me to lose touch of the fan base not really me but I think this is a condensed way for not just myself to know the pulse of the fans but also the maybe someone in the front office uh, needs to hear this and just kind of know what the fans are thinking right now but I know I rambled a lot I know I probably said uh or um a lot sorry like i said it is super early right now as i record this but maybe i didn't say that i feel like i did but maybe i didn't but if you enjoyed this kind of episode let me know i would love i would love i would love to know what you guys thought but hey until next time guys keep hammering on